0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OrthoEvidence. My name is Mo Bandari. I'm the Editor-in-Chief. And I'm here today with another uh, update or specialty series update. Today, we have an update in sports medicine uh, with a friend and colleague, Dr. Femi Ayeni, who is the uh, Chair of Orthopedics uh, at McMaster University. He has a a long uh, history of uh, surgical scientist uh, efforts and and specifically, uh, in many ways, has... um, uh, move the field forward in a numerous areas. Many of you may know of his work in hip arthroscopy, but he certainly does um, expand his uh, academic activities far beyond that. Femi, welcome so much uh, to uh, OrthoEvidence, and thanks for taking time with us today. Thanks for the introduction. Always good to be with you, Mo, and thanks for the uh, kind words as well. So why don't we uh, begin with uh, the first of three simple questions, and I, I presume they're pretty simple for someone um, who I know is as well-read and as uh, involved in the academic sphere and sports as you, uh, Femi. What's trending right now, or, or what things are on your radar uh, with respect to sports medicine? And I suspect you'll speak maybe to the sphere of um, hip, but you know, certainly anything's open.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, you know the, the continuation of the concept of joint preservation. Uh, And how do you preserve your own joints um, to last as long as possible? And I think in a hip, it's quite um, important. And I think Brian Kelly said it once uh, or, or recently where he said, you know, somewhere along the middle of the last century, a great operation was invented, the total hip replacement. And as a result, hip preservation kind of fell off the map and everybody just sort of forgot about it. And now we're revisiting it. So when you ask about three trends, I'd say, first of all, uh, the continuing trends of trying to understand what big data can teach us as we're all doing more hyperethroscopic cases, are we you know, able to identify prognostic factors that help us understand how well we're doing and how the outcomes are? I think the pandemic has really driven up the adoption of uh, virtual training and virtual meetings and really understanding what the future uh, holds will be um, interesting because there certainly will be a component of uh, you know, remote learning and remote education And how that gets adopted is is going to be, uh, you know, interesting to see. And finally, I think, you know, um, really trying to enhance surgery with biologic uh, technology, whether it's in, you know, cartilage restoration or soft tissue augmentation will continue to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with academically anyways.
0: And, you know, I, I have a parallel to your point. Um, with respect to the statement that total joint replacement in many ways changed the focus away from joint preservation with respect to the hip. Well, if you think about hip fractures in the same way, Femi, you can think about the fact that fixation was such an important part of, you know, the, you know, the early part of the last 50 years of trying to figure out how do we operate and fix the hip and retain, you know, the natural, the normal anatomy But once the uh, procedures of hip replacement and particularly total, and then, you know, sort of the hemis came into place, people abandoned the concept that, you know, surgical fixation is really a viable alternative. We're seeing that pendulum switch back. And I suspect you're probably hearing lots about uh, the same pendulum switching back as it relates to, you know, hip preservation.
1: Absolutely. It, It is, it is interesting to see. And I you know, of course, maybe we'll we then run back and swing it back to, you know, recon that you they know in the future, but that, that really has been uh, where I have parked a lot of my career focus and because it really is a growth area and there's a chance, you know, to impact the field uh, as it was, you know, uh, doubling in, in volume and doubling in, in academic productivity every three to five years. So trying to steer the field with the advice and friend, uh, of yourself and other colleagues working together to, you know, really produce high quality evidence was, was the focus.
0: Well, let me ask you this then, what, what are you reading these days? Is there anything that you, you might wanna share about some work either that you've done or work that is happening that could be of interest to uh, orthopedic surgeons interested you know, uh, in sports medicine broadly, but also in hip preservation?
1: Well, I think that, you know, um, full disclosure, we were PI, I was the PI, you were right, co-PI. I think the first trial really evaluating uh, the efficacy of surgical correction of FAI morphology and its outcomes a big study and that was you know although uh, electronically available late last year was officially published in January of uh, 2021 uh, in the American Journal of Sports Medicine. So really helping us understand what uh, the natural history is um, of uh, post-FAI correction surgery and maybe not even correcting FAI surgery and helping us you know uh, drill down and and, you know lay another slab of evidence in um, you know support or or at least uh, you know, encouraging us to keep driving um, forward as far as an evidence-based approach to managing uh, the hip condition in the young adults, especially uh, femoral fetal impingement in this case. So that first trial and the publication associated with it really, I think, um, showed not only just uh, the importance of the work, but I think it showed that uh, collaboration globally is important. I think that having a team-based approach to solving big problems is important. And addressing problems that we all find commonly in orthopedics is important. So, you know, for me, it was a common problem, increasingly recognized. Let's work together as a global group and figure out what works and what doesn't work. So I think beyond just the hard data, the concept of really working together to solve big problems is, is, is probably the, as much of an important uh, piece of it for me.
0: And and remind, for some of the readers, so what we'll do is we'll make it sure that we post the uh, advanced clinical evidence summary report on ortho evidence at the time we post this podcast. So individuals have a chance to, members have a chance to take a look at the actual paper, but you were involved in a few countries in in this particular uh, landmark uh, randomized trial looking at femoral acetabular impingement uh, procedures. So can you speak a little bit to the countries that were engaged in this? And also maybe just give a, a brief um, bottom line finding. I know, I know you gave a little bit of a spray seat, but just for our readers, what was the big take home message you, you, for you in this trial?
1: Well, I think that, you know, for me, the take home was that uh, in a young adult without arthritis, but sustaining uh, hip pain due to a morphological problem where you have a ball and socket mismatch, to loosely put it, um, correcting the impingement and, adjust- and correcting any soft tissue damage uh, one improves, you know, the um, quality of hip function and quality of life, and there's a less uh, or a lower chance of revision surgery or requirement for revision surgery if you address the um, femoral stubble and femur morphology uh, comprehensively. So, addressing the bony problem that sets up the soft tissue problem decreases the risk of recurrence at two years, and overall, the quality of life is improved at least in the first year.
0: And uh, what, what countries were involved in, in recruiting for this
1: uh, for this yeah, trial? absolutely. I think we had uh, Denmark, Finland, and Canada, multiple Canadian sites, uh, some Danish, uh, one Danish site and two, three Finnish sites. And also we had, uh, you know, co-investigators and adjudicators from the United States and other European countries.
0: Superb. Let me ask you then the, the final of the three questions, which gets to, what remains, so what are the big areas that remain? Now, I understand that you know you talked about trends such as big data, virtual um, medicine, particularly virtual orthopedics and how we manage and train uh, as being two uh, particular important areas, as well as biologics. Are, they, are there specific questions in those areas that are needing to be asked? And I guess what are the, what progress do you think is being made to get those questions asked?
1: Yeah, I think that what we've taken and I'm speaking from our group, um, you know, is we like to have a comprehensive natural history understanding of what happens to developing joint. So we have a, a study called a preview study where we have 12 to 14 year olds and they wear a Fitbit like device um, for a couple of years. And we track their activity profile and what happens to their hips. Are they developing impingement because they're specializing too early or repeating activity over and over again? So, in that critical developmental age, what's happening? And then moving forward to the aging hip, when you have the sequelae of FAI and cartilage damage, we're not trying to investigate what a biological scaffold can do to try and improve the function of the hip. Because I used to hear, you can correct the impingement, you can fix the labral tear, but the cartilage, there's nothing you can do. So we're now pushing that innovation agenda to say, you know, working with some industry partners, can we actually fix the pre-senescent disease states and hips? that have been damaged as a result of the FAI or the sequelae of it. So I would say to answer your question in a roundabout way, we're looking at development of this problem. We now know what the surgery can potentially do, but once you've had the impact of FAI and you have the residual cartilage damage, can we actually improve the state of the hip function to prevent it from going into the total hip world? Uh, Superb. And
0: if you were to think broadly, Femi, you know, in sports medicine broadly, so outside the hip, but including the hip, do you think the next frontier is going to be a frontier of big data? Is it going to be a frontier of data with the use of automation, such as robotics, for example, or do you believe it's a biological era that that will transform uh, sports medicine? Is there a broad sense that you're getting when you look at the field?
1: Yeah, sports medicine overall, I think, you know, and I still do, obviously, hip work and some a knee work and shoulder. I love all sports joints, but we've academically focused on the hip. But I would say that um, biologics on the whole, the mechanisms are quite complex. So, you know, just understanding osteoarthritis and the genetic inflammatory factors and whatnot. So trying to solve that will still be, you know, investigated. But that, that certainly will take, I think, a lot of time to really figure out, how we can change natural history. I do think um, big data is where we're headed. And you're now seeing multiple groups aligning, collaborating, collecting the same data and trying to move forward with saying, okay, we have these interventions. We know we have a success rate at a certain um, you know, rate, maybe 80%, and we have a failure rate, let's say 20%. Well, can we figure out how to you know selectively choose those we can you know help with? I think also. Um, to be fair, there is a concept of individualization of surgery. And so sports medicine certainly is going in that direction, which is, you know, an individual has a problem, they come to see a practitioner, and we know that this operation may or may not be an option for you. But what about you and your natural history and your alignment and your inflammatory profile can make one operation better than the other? So individualization certainly guided by big data is where we're going to try and land, I think, in sports medicine. I think that's going to be emerging concepts, which is really, you know, picking what's best for you based on a lot of information that we have on the back end.
0: On that note, a huge thank you to uh, Dr. Femianni, who is the chair of orthopedics at McMaster University. and of note, uh, is a professor of surgery
1: in that same institution. Dr. Annie, thank you very much.